We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so like this wasn't criminal, but one time, not one time, but like many times, my friend, she had like a six-month-old son and he would come with us to like Newark to cop dope and things like that. And then one time we drove into New York City to get ketamine. It's in the middle of the night. I'm driving, I'm driving her car, stick shift, in the pouring rain through the Lincoln Tunnel while we're doing bumps of K. She's literally feeding me bumps of K while I'm driving her car. And this six months old in the backseat. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. My name is Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. What's up? What's up? How are you? It's not great. Missed my flight to LA, to San Diego, actually. So then I had to reroute to LA. And then I left my computer at security. And like I said, I blame breaking the mirror on my Kylie eye palette. How did you break it? I don't know. I opened it and it was shattered. And I was like, "Uh oh, I'm going to have bad luck. I thought I was going to have bad lip luck, you know? I thought maybe my lips were going to deflate. Yeah. Yeah. Deflate even more. The bad thing is not that they get bigger. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm going to get pregnant or what's something that happens to Kylie Jenner that's not good? Uh, Like someone will take a candid picture of you. And then just post those online all the time, side by side with things that you post of yourself. And then you're like, oh, wow, she doesn't look like that at all. If anyone cared that much about my life, I feel like that would still be good luck for me. Yeah, that'd be pretty exciting. Because I could at least be touring or stand up. Yeah. So Kylie Jenner's worst luck is still good luck for me. Yeah. What a life. (laughs) Like, oh, I have a kid with a rapper. Oh, bummer. It's like, oh, which of my assistants passes away? (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i just got so morbidly dark just go straight for death every time that's just how that works really sorry i like can't stop looking at myself because i want it to be this color and then we just slowly go back into orange death you're fading away into hell might as well be the wedding madness has begun on my end so oh yeah i saw you went to a bridal shower I know a bachelorette party is like wild. You're supposed to hang out with your friends, but a bridal shower is for what? What's the point of a bridal shower? I think the bridal shower is supposed to just be more like, oh, like it's friends and family and it's more like celebrating the bride and it's a little more subdued and classy. And then the bachelorette party, that's where the shit shows come to play. I used to be like, why would someone get married three times? And now I'm watching all these girls get married and they're getting a fuck ton of gifts. And I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. You get celebrated like eight times. Yeah. And it's free shopping. Like when you go and register at a place, you're just walking around with a little like scanner gun and you're just like, I want that. Boop. I think now you can just do it online, but 
it used to be walk Still. around the store with the thing. And you're like, I like that. Like, that's the part I would be excited about. Cause from shopping this weekend for different things for people off of registries, I'm like, Oh, this is fun. Th- like I, I wish I could register for gifts for just like Christmas. Like this is easier than me putting together a Christmas list. I do register for gifts at Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I have a bunch of shit on hold at target. Go pick it up. <laughs> Here you go. It does feel like you're being punished. If you're not getting married. Yeah. Cause you don't get all like the good shit. I say that all the time. Like, we don't have, I'm sure I've talked about this. We don't have real wine glasses in this apartment because I'm not buying good ones until someone else is buying them for me. So you will drink out of a wine glass that either says my name on it or Catalina wine mixer or something like stupid. <laughs> or Rainforest Cafe. Or yes, or like Mama Quan's and the OBX. And that's just because that's what we have here. I'm not buying real things. I'm not buying matching dishes that aren't from Ikea and completely scratched to hell until someone else is buying them for me. Why would I do that? That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't want to drink out of a solo cup? Find me a husband and get me married. Yeah. Solve this problem for yourself. (laughs) You want me to strain your pasta with a colander? That's too bad. I will say, like, I already know the shit that I'd be registering for is just all, like, the decorative stuff because that's the most fun stuff. Like... This bridal shower this weekend, I did it at my parents' house. And I just was walking around like, mom, I need a platter for this. She goes, oh, and then like opens three different cupboards. She's like, I have white ones here, but then there are some here. These have flowers on them. Like, what do you want? I'm like, there are like 30 of these. I have one square one that I bought at TJ Maxx that I think has like a flamingo on it because I'm like, I need something for whatever I was doing that day. I'm like, oh, is this what you get to register for? Because she was pulling shit out. She's like, oh, I think I got this for my wedding. And I think I got this. I'm like, this seems great. Like, that's what I want. I feel like when I got married, I would just still register at Neiman's for shoes. Or just like Amazon gift cards. You're like, it's for us. And then (laughs) you just have those on retainer. You're like, anytime I need to buy something random, I'm like, here we go. Perfect. Yeah, because I don't really imagine myself getting married and then suddenly wanting to cook. Like, I don't imagine me making charcuterie out of my asshole just because I get married. Yeah. No, yours will just be a ton of gift cards to random <laughs> restaurants. For- yeah, exactly. My registry will just be like Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> just- and then one red lobster on the day you're feeling fancy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just gonna be like donate to this restaurant, like how people have honeymoon funds. It's just yeah. food fun. So it's the just uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I deleted the dating apps this week. So you did. You know what happened? This guy stood me up from Hinge, or he didn't stand me up, but he. We'd been talking for three weeks, and we going back and forth, and then he was he canceled, and I was really upset. Yeah like overly upset to the point where I was like, I have never met this person. What the fuck is wrong with me? You know, it was like seeing outside of myself. I was like, this is psychotic. And I realized it's because my therapist told me not to get on the dating apps because I would be, I wasn't ready for it emotionally. And I would be uh, manifest, you know, projecting my uh, projecting and, uh, I kind of caught myself in a moment. I was like, fucking Sherry was correct. Fucking okay. Sherry was right. You nailed it again. Well, she that's good. Him. I think you caught yourself. You know, she that's ha- pretty early, though. What do you mean? She just told you not to be on them. And we just talked about, like, sorry, Sherry, going to do it anyway. That wasn't that long ago. So it's not like you went for, like, months and months and months and then had this happen. You're like, oh, no, wait, this checks out, actually. Maybe I should cancel this. 
Yeah, because it was in the back of my mind. Like, uh, what did she say? What does she know? Yeah, she's just a doctor. She's not even a doctor. I don't know what the fuck she is. But she went to school for this. She knows what she's talking about. She's been right pretty much the whole time. She'd been telling me to go to rehab for a year. She knows her shit. So, you know, it's like when someone tells you, when your mom tells you you shouldn't be doing something and you you do it anyway, but you, you're afraid she's going to be right. In the back of your mind, it's always in your head. Right. So like her telling me not to be on the dating apps was in my head the whole time. Yeah. But also I was acting so psychotically that I was like, it would have been actually insane if I was legitimately upset about not meeting up with a person I had never met. I get that. That is psychotic. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just can't be doing this to myself. Well, good call. But then I'm like, fuck. I'm that much further from a goddamn wedding shower where I get to open up a platter with my name on it. Just a big H. It's tough because then I'm like, what do I do with my phone? There's so much less to do with your hands. Like, what do you do on your phone now that you don't have dating apps? Aren't you bored? I'm on Instagram literally constantly. I was on a train and I spent the entire three and a half hours just between Instagram and Pinterest and Poshmark. That's my Bermuda triangle of where my productivity goes. I think one of the fun things to do to really waste your own time is to watch your own Instagram story, obviously, but then go through to see who's watched it and not looking for like X's or anything, but looking through just like the random people. I'm like, you follow me? What are you doing here? And it's the person that has watched every single one, which sometimes isn't great. Like sometimes I'm like, it's an ex-boss. I'm like, hmm. An ex-boss follows you? Yeah, because like after I, anytime I've left any company and if there's people that I think are cool and normal, like currently, no, like there's tons of people that I work with that follow me right now. They're all blocked from seeing my story just because I'm like, we, you don't need to know. If ever I leave, then they can start to see my real life and who I actually am. But if you are, if you have any control over my success at work at all, you don't get to see what I do on a weekend. That's what's funny about being a comedian is like my expectations for my online presence. The only people I can really upset are my parents at this point. Yeah. Like I posted that series of tweets where one of them said, my hookup buddy said, I'm missing that pussy which is a true story. And I was like, do I really want to post a hard P on my main feed? Is that what I want my parents to see? And then I just decided I did. Yeah. And my boss liked the Instagram and nothing was said since. Yeah. Hi, Chloe. I'm I'm recording my podcast. Would you like to come on and help give dating advice to people? Mom, let me come back. (laughs) I'm definitely more qualified to do that. <laughs> but you're more qualified than I am. <laughs> my my advice is usually just uh, have sex with them for sure. It's good advice. That does remind me, we do have a um Oh yeah. Uh this guy messaged me on Twitter. He said, Question for next week. <clears throat> when are you supposed to reach out to a girl when you get a match on hinge? Obviously immediately. Yeah. Also, Skylar was saying, ask interesting questions from their profile and stuff, which I do. But what if their profile is so shitty and generic, there's nothing interesting to ask? Like if her profile is like, I like to travel. I like to spend time with my family. I like pizza, my dog, blah, blah, blah. Like no shit, bitch. So does everyone. First of all, if you're looking at someone's profile and you're saying no shit, bitch, why are you matching with her anyway? That's not a good match. This girl sounds like she's not 
your person at all. So don't even start the conversation. Why do you want to start a conversation with the most boring person alive if you already resent them for it? Yeah, but I guess it's a guy. So the girl's probably very, very attractive. I was going to say, like, that means she's hot. The reason he's asking is because the first part of that question that went on said was, hey, she was really, really, really hot, at least by my standards. So I'm on her profile and I want to make this work out for myself. To which, why do you even care? Like, if all you're trying to do is fuck Yeah, her, exactly. If she's why just... do you care what her thing says? Exactly. Like, if she's hot, you don't need to ask questions. No. No one should be speaking. If the whole reason you're both there is based off of attraction, but otherwise you think the other person's a moron, pretend you're both selective mutes. Get the shit done and leave. And then congratulations, but you never have to talk to them again. But I do say if they like pizza, maybe a question would be what toppings do you like on your pizza? I mean, if they're in New York, your first question is like, all right, like gun to your head. Are you getting Ray's or are you getting Joe's? Or Papa John's if you're Skylar Corby. Listen, some of the Sophie's choice, but there are ways to ask questions and make the conversation a little more interesting than whatever they gave you to work with. So then let's answer his question instead of yeah. swiping last. Where can he go from? I like to travel. I'm a 10 who likes to travel. What are you going to ask me? First question would be like, you have to pick a random ass country. You'd never say anything along the lines of Mexico or France or England because any hot girl has been there. Oh, so you're saying he shouldn't ask? No, he should ask, but like ask something interesting because everybody's been to one of those. If she's hot, somebody has paid for her to go to one of those places. So he just needs to like pick a random country. He's like, oh, and then you just make it up and you blame it on your friends. You're like, oh, my friend and I were just talking about blah, blah, the other way, the other day, like this country. I saw that you like to travel. Have you ever been? And then she has something to go off. Oh, yeah. Like she can actually say like uh, my friend and I were actually just talking about Amsterdam. We were talking about Amsterdam the other day. We really want to plan a trip. I see you like to travel. Like, have you been? Do you have any suggestions? And then if it's a no, it's like, oh, well, here's what I've heard about it. But what have some of your favorite spots been? Like, we could pivot to a different country. If you have, if you give good recs, like maybe we'll go somewhere else. And then all of a sudden you're already flirting, but you got her to talk and you got her to share something about where she's traveled to. Took you like three seconds. Here's a good question for a hot girl who likes to travel. Who pays for your trips? There we go. How have you gone to all of these places? <laughs> Credit card debt or a fat Greek sugar man? daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you fly first or coach? Yeah. Do you have pre-check? Mm. Actually, that would be a really good one if you really want to suss some things out. I was thinking of getting TSA pre-check. I see you're a big traveler. Is it a big hassle or no? And then they're like, oh, I don't have it either. You're like, mm, interesting. I guess you're not that great at it. Yeah, then it's like, well, I guess you don't love to travel that much. Yeah, so <laughs> neg them into loving you. It's just how that works. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just get specific with their likes. Really if they're specific. hot. Right. If they're hot. If yeah. they're not, then why are you? Then why did you put yourself? In, like, then it's your own fault. You swiped left just because you were playing a numbers game, and now you've got yourself in a sticky situation where you don't know how to maneuver your way out of it. That's on you. When you just had to use your eyes for a second and be like, mm, that's not worth it. So there you go. This question came from uh, Milky Cabrera. Obviously, there you go, Milky. <laughs> obviously his God-given name. 
Yeah, thanks for the question, Milky. We hope you get it in. We hope you get it, Milky, this weekend. <laughs> Is that good? Was that a good? Skylar uh... no, hated that one. Okay, so also on the Don't Tell Mom Instagram, I asked, what is the worst way you've ever been dumped? Oh. And one girl said, my coke had boyfriend sent me a video of him fucking another girl the day he was supposed to visit me. Isn't that the most? I messaged her back. I said, may I see the video? (laughs) Is it good? How are the angles? That's awful how long i mean did she get into how long they were together and all that um sorry this guy texted me who i'd gone out with and he said hey what's up how's la and i forgot to respond Mm -hmm. and he goes i'm guessing we aren't going out then again then oh respond now respond in real time what should i say what should i say well i'm literally recording my podcast as we speak so this will be on it do you not want to go out again? I mean, I wasn't against it. Wait, oh, is this the guy that made you delete the apps? No, this oh. is another guy I went out with. That wasn't that great, but he wasn't horrible. I mean, he clearly follows up. I mean, at least he texts me, but I didn't even respond because I didn't save his number, so I forgot. Yeah. Well, do you want to go out with him again? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I love the enthusiasm. When are you back from LA? Because I'm back, back tomorrow. Okay. Should I just say I fell asleep yesterday? <laughs> well, if you're working and stuff, that's a pretty decent excuse to just be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I've been, it's a work trip. So I've been working for the past like two days straight. But sure, I like, I'm back. Say you're back in two days on like Wednesday. Big, I'm back then. Um, so maybe sometime this weekend, hit me up with when you're free. And then that puts it on him to be like, hey, I am available, but make plans because we're not fucking doing this. Yeah. Okay. So asleep. Oops. Wow. Actually, I kind of give him credit. Hey, yeah. He's getting ready to call you out and everything. He was not going to let that down without a fight. So (laughs) call my ass out. I wonder how he's going to feel with them. Like, oh, my God, so sorry. I fell asleep. I feel like at this point, it's so easy to ghost people that if you do get a response and that's the answer, as long as you like as long as you want to go out and you throw it out there like that, you kind of just have to accept it as that. If someone were to say, like, hey, I'm really sorry, I just fell asleep or like when people miss meetings with me, they're like, hey, I'm really sorry. I just like completely lost track of time. I completely forgot. I'd actually prefer that, which seems legit and real. Then just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so overbooked. I'm like, no, you're not. This is on your fucking calendar. You accepted it yesterday. Like, I know you saw it. So I like the honesty policy because I feel like people don't lie about boring shit. Wow. I've never been called out like that. I'm kind of flattered, to be honest. I love it. And watch him just never respond to me. (laughs) Watch him not respond to that. And then you get to just turn the tables. Just in two days, if you don't hear from him, just copy and paste his text and send it back. And just see how long you can keep that going. That's really This is why I hate dating. This is the nightmare that it is. And I admit that was rude of me not to respond to him. But whatever. Anyway, so back to this cokehead. (laughs) This boyfriend sent her a video of him fucking another girl. I can't. You have to be on. I I never had a coke phase. 
No. But you have to really hate yourself to do that to someone. Yeah. I just can't imagine being that big of a piece of shit. Like, if you're dating someone, you know what to say to them to hurt their feelings. So why well, not? Just obviously, he that? knows what to say to hurt her feelings. You know what? She's probably such a strong ass independent bitch that yeah. he was like, I need to go the extra mile yeah. and send a video he's of like me it, fucking another girl. He's like, words really won't do it enough. I need to just like really just destroy this girl in the worst possible way and be an asshole. So achieved. Yeah, how's therapy going, girlfriend? That's what I want to know. That's like an easy one. If someone were to do something like that, I would just be like, you know what? This was an easy one to get over because fuck you. I got to be kidding me. I wonder if the girl looked like her that he was having sex with. I mean, I wonder, do you watch the whole video or do you just get like 10 seconds in, you realize what's going on and do you get so mad you turn it off? Or because the power move would be to watch the whole thing and then text him back with your critiques. Oh, just like second four. Uh, you could have gone a little deeper. Yeah, it's like, ooh, it popped out there a little bit. That must have been a problem. Oh, no. And she then seems dry towards the end. Her eyes were glazed over and not in like a euphoric way. You might want to address that next time. Is this a silent video? Because neither of you sound that interesting. <laughs> Wait, did you mute this? Hold on. That would be the funniest way to go about it. It's like your feelings can still be hurt, but at least go out with a bang. Literally. Look, I don't know Shelby who sent me this, but I'm sorry that happened to you. And I I don't believe she's lying, but this does sound like something from a Lifetime movie that you would watch and be like, it sounds like that didn't happen. Sorry, what? Sounds like a 13 Reasons Why episode where it's like, this is how teenagers are now. And you'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, they're not. No, they're not. I wonder how old this guy is. I really wish she would have responded. To be yeah. fair, I did message her back right before we recorded. So that's on me. But two for two. I just, I'm wondering how long the video was. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how graphic it was. Mm-hmm. How loud it, it was. Mm-hmm. We can I bet she didn't though. save it. Or maybe she did. Depends on how, vin- like, if you're thinking in terms of the long game, you save that. But then it gets dicey with like revenge porn and things like that. So you save it to have it and make fun of it with your friends. You can't necessarily post it on the internet because then I think it's illegal. But yeah, I do I think know. that might be illegal unless you could say it got leaked into the cloud. Okay. Which. And if he's the one putting it out there. Yeah. It's not like she took the video. No. But. When my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, granted, we only dated for three months, so it didn't take long to delete all the photos of us. I did delete every photo off my phone, which I know is different, but having something that toxic is not healthy, so I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't have the video anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't either. That would be the healthy way to go about it. Um, My other question is, did the other girl know that they were being videoed and for what purpose? I'm sure she did. I would hope she did, but- If she did, did she know that the reason they were recording themselves doing it was to send it to his current girlfriend? That might have not been the reason they were recording it, but he could have sent it because she could have been like, where the fuck are you? Because he wasn't visiting her. So he was supposed to visit her and instead sent that video. So I'm willing to bet that Shelby has not done long distance since this happened. This is the thing about long distance. What's the actually that's such a bad statement on my part because my brother just got engaged this weekend. And he did long distance for five years. 
But my whole thing is like, like I've said, I couldn't even date a guy who lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm currently making out with my neighbor because he's my neighbor. Right. If he moves streets. Yeah. Honestly, if he goes like 10 blocks North, you're done. You really would never see that person again. Truly. Location, location, location. Literally. My guy friend was like, Hannah, I can't believe you're hooking up with your neighbor. That's so stupid. He goes, I hooked up with two of my neighbors. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right there. You did it twice. You didn't even learn your lesson the fucking first time. So you did it again. You double dipped. Obviously, that's going to be awkward. Yeah. That being said, I would hook up with another neighbor as well. I'm all about convenience. I was going to say, I mean, if you have multiple hot people on your street, it would be dumb not to. And it's like, oh, you're going to have to see them all the time. Good. Now I don't have to wonder what they're doing. I don't have to wonder where they're at. I just walk outside to grab the newspaper that's not there and just peruse. I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, I don't need to make a Finsta and fake stalk them. I can just literally look through their windows. (laughs) So not, not the middleman, baby. <laughs> you already checked off two boxes, attractive and then like proximity. Those are big. Then you just have exactly. to do the getting to know you thing. And if that's not really your MO right now, then you're good. Like I'm not trying to get to know anyone right now. So you're fine. I know the guy, my neighbor, uh, my Australian lover, he told me the other night not to fall in love with him. Oh, so he uh, walked to remembered you. He walked to remembered me. Exactly. And I burst out laughing. Problem solved. He was like, what? I can't do an Australian accent. What did you do? What? I was going to do like a Cockney British one. I'm like, that won't work either. Barbecue. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hannah, what? And I was like, that's the most narcissistic thing a person could say. Yeah. That being said, I probably will fall in love with him now that he said that. <laughs> Maybe he said it. If we're really going to lean into the rom-com aspect of it, maybe he said it so he could have it in his head not to fall in love with you. And then this is all about to just go downhill in a very dramatic way, but one that we only have about 90 minutes for. Well, he was pretty drunk when I was talking to him and I was sober. So I just wanted to make it clear that I'm still sober. But uh, the conversation, (laughs) it's not like I took advantage of him. I'm like, we were hanging out. He was fucked about He was wasted. <laughs> I was absolutely not. Nice. And um, he was just like, you know, I don't want you to fall in love with me. I don't believe in monogamy. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <not> a problem. <laughs> I'll do my best. Wait, so how has it been? Have you been around a lot of like drunk drinking people while you're sober? How has it been? I didn't go out with him. Okay. We, I hung out with him after and we didn't like hook up because he was yeah. too drunk. We just like hung out nice. and it is kind of weird when someone's drunk and you're sober. Yeah. Because again, the conversation is, it's not a real conversation. No. Also, I'm just like way more aware. Yeah. Like I said last time, I think if I was drinking, I would think I liked him. Right. Because I think that conversation would have been different. Yes. But being sober, I'm like, don't fall in love with you. Okay, you don't have a top sheet. You don't have a TV in your bedroom. How could I possibly fall in love with you? <laughs> what part of this am I supposed to love, sir? Your Hulu has commercials. How could I fall in love with you? No, impossible. He ate me out on a yoga mat. I'm like, this is not love. It was Savasana, though. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's Savasana. 
<laughs> but Savasana does sound like a sexual position. You can obviously tell who sits at the end of yoga class and like makes grocery lists. And it's just like, when the fuck can we get out of here? Oh, Shelby got back to me about this video. Yes. She said it was a very low point in my life. Wait, I'm Uh-oh. seeing it at the same time. So keep going. It was a Snapchat video. So unfortunately, I couldn't save it. Screen grabs, baby. Yeah, come on. But yeah, basically, I thought this guy was suicidal and bipolar. Turns out he was just an addict. LOL. That's a that's a weird sentence to end an LOL on for sure. <laughs> I thought he was suicidal and bipolar, but he's just an addict. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> he called me after I got it and he's like, I didn't think you'd ever break up with me. So I thought this was the only way. I can think of a few others than that, buddy. Yeah, there are other ways. Yeah. It, the fact that it was a Snapchat is almost even worse. Did he have any emojis on it? Yeah. Was there like a caption or anything? <laughs> Literally during my drinking, I would have been like, when did we take this? <laughs> that is really sad. Yeah. Sorry, Shelby. He sounds like a dick, though. So she's definitely better off. Yeah. But I wonder <laughs> where that guy is now. Prison? Hopefully. So we have a guest coming in. At, uh, he's supposed to be coming now, an hour ago, but now he pushed it back half hour. So we can talk a little bit more about um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. What do we think? I don't know. Like, you know, the photo that just came out where it's like a replica of whatever they took. 10, of him spanking her butt 20 years yeah. ago. And now. I feel like that was posed. I don't think that was just like a natural because it's too perfect. Like, the angle of it and everything is just too perfect. And I think that's the thing. I'm like, J-Lo, you just turned 52. Fucking relax for a little bit. Like, you know, I get it, though. You know, I try to jump back into something because I wanted to prove to my ex-boyfriend that I could have a connection with someone. And you know what? J-Lo is 52 years old. She has been engaged five times. Yeah. She needs to get married. She's only been married how many times? Once? Twice? Once? Just yeah, went. she's got to round out some of these engagements. But like, also, if you're Ben Affleck and you know, because he proposed to her, were they engaged, engaged, or did they just date? I don't remember. They were engaged. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were engaged. Remember, he gave her the heart ring. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> I know, right there. That should have been your number one red flag. That's probably why that one got shut down. No, I think like, if you're Ben Affleck, you almost just need to go into it. First thing I would have said, big, I want to do this because like, I'm single, you're single, let's just fucking go. But we don't need to get engaged or married. Like it, that part didn't work out for us and that's okay. But let's just be Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell for a new generation and just be partners in life for the rest of our lives. I also think it's a little weird. Like I'm not totally on board with it only because there's already pictures of her, her kids and his kids like hanging out, which is exactly what she did with A-Rod. I'm like, leave the kids out of it. Like, it hasn't even been, it's been what, like three months? Don't do that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But as someone who's desperate myself, I understand wanting to jump into something else. There's hope. There's, there's hope for all chance. of us. There's a, there's a chance that all of us will become so desperate that we end up back with someone we've been with. It doesn't right. matter what happened. It doesn't matter how bad things got. It doesn't matter if you absolutely hate them in this moment. There's a fucking chance. Just give it 10 years. Turn 50 as a woman, and then you'll go back to your alcoholic ex. Yeah. And it's like, J-Lo just had a very big year. So I'm like, so are you just 
clinging to relevancy because you don't need to. Ben Affleck kind of does, but I also don't know. I'm like, does he have a movie coming out? That's just always where my mind goes with all this shit now. Like with Kim Kardashian and Kanye getting a divorce. And then all of a sudden that was right around the time that keeping up the Kardashians was ending. So there was a lot of buzz around them. And then now his album coming out, I'm like, this is a genius way of keeping yourself at the front of people's minds. But that's horrible to think too, that you have to like completely destroy a relationship or torpedo your life to promote something. Yeah. Like I can't imagine having, that's just too stressful for me. Look, I'm willing to do it. I would just like anyone to know any tabloid listening, any person who's trying to make a star, I'm willing to uh, torpedo my own life because apparently it's already torpedoed. Yeah. Now you're just keeping it going. I like Slytherins. I can't help it. We've talked about it. You like the lacrosse bro. But that's why I have to get off the apps because I'm, it's like how I have had to delete ASOS for a while. I was buying a bunch of halter tops and I, for, I have to remember that I'm 29 years old and I can't do that. Yeah. So I need to delete the dating apps and enroll into more therapy so that I can remember that what I'm looking for isn't an overweight guy who works in finance named. Right. <laughs> Boop. Do you think, have you heard the statement that if you call a man fat or if you call a guy short, it's like calling a man fat? I have heard that, but that's just, I don't know. Like the whole height thing, I can't really speak to it because I'm short. So it's, I've never really cared and I'm dating someone short. So yeah, you guys are like a cute little short couple, but Ryan's short, but he's also very hot and has a very good body. And he's also a nice guy. And you're also short. So I guess you're right. I shouldn't be making fun of short guys. I'm sorry. No, but it doesn't. It works with you. It works with me because I'm also short. I get it when taller girls are like, I don't want a short guy. But I will say there are plenty of really hot short guys. It's just when they're douches, then it takes away from it. But if they're the hot, short, nice guy, then you hit the lottery and you have a hotter boyfriend than all of your friends. Yeah, you're so lucky. You're a short girl. You have so much, so many more choices. Yes, I do. Because you're always looking up. Always. Yeah, plus you got to think of the equipment downstairs. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be limping to work. No. Or you want to hope that she'd be limping to work because if she, you're like six feet tall, <laughs> walking just fine, then the whole benefit of you being super tall was what? That everyone knows that you're just like she's everyone's looking at your hands. Baby. Yeah. You know what I read this week? What? I don't know why I was like, oh, it's not that exciting. I read Jason Sudeikis's GQ interview. Did you read that? No, about his divorce. Great. It's so good, dude. He has this quote that's that was in bold on it. It said, if you have the opportunity to hit rock bottom, however you define that, you can become 412 bones or you can land like an Avenger. I personally have chosen to land like an Avenger. It talks about his divorce with Olivia Wilde. Apparently, according to this article, he didn't know they were getting a divorce. I've heard that too. He was caught off guard. Mm -hmm. So what I think happened is she started this movie with Harry Styles and then dropped the divorce papers. That's rough. My coworker was like, how do you feel as a woman, another woman doing that to a man? Because when a guy does that to a woman, everyone's like, he's disgusting. Like when Brad Pitt did it to- I was just going to say- What's the her Brad name? Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Jen Aniston thing. I still don't like Je- uh, Angelina Jolie. But you know what sucks in that situation? Angelina Jolie was the one who got shit on when it should have been Ben Affleck. 
or not Ben Affleck, fucking Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Should it should have been Pitt. Brad Pitt. But I will say, I've read into it. Angelina Jolie had done that before. Like she'd broken up a relationship on a movie set before, and then she, she does have those upset. vibes. Yes, and then she got upset when there were allegations that Brad Pitt cheated on her. I'm like, hey, guess what, genius? How could you not see this coming? You were the one he's done it with before. Clearly, it's still a point of contention. I'm very bothered by it, but we can move on. Okay, but I've also heard that Brad Pitt is gay. My friend who I worked with at Cycle House is, was a male model, and he said that male models, the only way they make their money, actually, is by having sex. He's called them pillow princes because the only industry where women make more than men is modeling. So male mm. models do not make a lot of money. A guy I worked with at a gym was in that world, and he said Brad Pitt is 100% gay. His really good friend went to a hotel. Basically, it was like a casting call. It was at a hotel, and they had to sign NDAs before they went in, and they each got paid $1,000. And then they went to a hotel and lined up, and Brad Pitt chose who he wanted to have sex with, and that person got paid $5,000. Nice. Whether or not that's that. a true story, I don't know, but it, it was a very specific story for it to be fake. So I thought, well, maybe Jennifer Aniston was not into having a husband who was cheating on her with men. Yeah. And maybe Angelina Jolie was more open to it. That was my theory. That's not a bad theory. But anyway, back to um, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. So the Jason Sudeikis interview, because he said in the interview, I don't know what happened. And to be honest, I still don't really know what happened. Hmm. I think what happened is Olivia Wilde did that movie with Harry Styles mm. and then was like, drop the divorce papers. And then I feel like those things are going really well. And that happens. I feel like that can't be the only reason they had to have been having some kind of issue. It's Harry Styles. It's Harry Styles. Scott. I know. But I feel like you don't have a really great marriage and a great relationship. And then you do a movie and then it's just like, poof, this is it. I don't want to be with you anymore. Like, I feel like it would have had to have been a thing. I don't know. Maybe I live in a fun little fantasy land. That's not Hollywood. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm just like a Terry Styles. So I mean, I get it. My coworker has this theory that Olivia Wilde's a crazy hot girl. Also, her name is not Olivia Wilde. Oh, she, yeah. she changed her name after Oscar Wilde. Hmm. That's a little crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. So she could just be a crazy person. And Jason Sudeikis is this guy who could never get a girl like Olivia Wilde. Right. And he's like, holy shit, he overlooked so much of the crazy because she was so hot. And then he, she left his ass. Yeah. Now, do you think that'll help him get another hot girl that's maybe less crazy because he's already like a Honestly, I, I have never found Jason Sudeikis attractive. And then I read this interview and I want to fuck Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. See? A wounded man, baby. <laughs> I love an underdog story. I mean, That's I'm like sure this guy who double texted me. Now I'm like, I feel bad. I want to go out with him again. Yeah. Oh, he said this thing that I really related to in his interview. He said, right now, his divorce and this horrible time he's going through feels like a book of his life. Mm -hmm. Feels like an entire book. But a few years, it'll just be a chapter. And then a few years after that, it'll just be a very small chapter. And I thought that was such a good way of looking at something that horrible happens to you. When something horrible happens, it feels like such a big event in your life. It's like myself going to rehab or when I got herpes, honestly. I thought my life was over when I got herpes. Little did I know a year later, I'd be hitting further bottom. <laughs> <laughs>
I do appreciate that you stick to a schedule with all these things. What do you mean? That like I can hit bottom like on us? Yeah. Spring is your time to just like knock Stay it out. indoors. Of- <laughs> yes. <laughs> At this point, from this point on, yeah. From April to June, you're just like, I'm just going to hang out, actually. Yeah. When people get married, they have a bridal shower. They have a bachelorette party. And then they have their wedding. I got herpes. I got into a psychotic relationship and then I went to rehab. Like I just, I really hit the, I really did it up. Right. But at least the effects of my experience will last longer than most marriages. I mean, honestly, you'd hope so. So let's hope so. I mean, you know, not to brag, but I think let's see my sober day count. I was going to say, did you last longer than a Kardashian wedding? How long was she been? Oh, today's my 69th day sober. You got to make it three more days to beat the Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys wedding. Hmm. Hmm. I think I can do three more days. I think you can definitely do three more days. Um, <laughs> our guest today, he's a very funny comedian. He got stuck in traffic, so I'm going to be doing this interview alone. But he's very, very funny. His name is Jeff Epstein, which is awkward because it's not the Jeff Epstein. Let's give it up for this Jeff Epstein who did not kill himself. Hello, Jeff Epstein. Okay, this is a disaster, first of all. This has been a disaster since the week started. I mean, I'm telling you, like, I'm notoriously known for rescheduling podcasts due to my tanning schedule. Um, <laughs> hookups. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like, listen, like, I've been trying to hook up this guy in Grinder for, like, literally three months. So, like, we're moving the podcast. So, I get it. Yeah, I don't have enough listeners to not get it in. It's like, until I'm monetizing this shit, this is a shout out to all my listeners. Fucking tell your friends to listen. Is this an important podcast? Absolutely not. But I need to make money. Otherwise, it's going to come out late. That's just how it's going to happen. Is this important enough for me to be on time? No, it's not. Is what we're it's saying. just not. Look, this is for fun. And that's it. <laughs> my my co-host couldn't be here because she works during the day. Wait, you have a co-host? Yeah. Thanks for listening, Jeff. But she was like, no, I can't meet during the day. I have a job. Like, then why are you my co-host? Like, what are you talking about? It's not, we don't want employed energy on here. (laughs) Sorry, I don't, I, you're speaking a different language. I don't know what you're saying. I don't, I can't really relate to people that have jobs. And people are like, how do you have a job? How do you have, how do you have money? I'm like, I don't. It's like, what, what are you not understanding? (laughs) Yeah, the government is after me. What more do you want me to say? Anyway, how are you? I mean, listen, it's been a week. The energy is nuanced. And okay. I don't know. I don't feel good. Why don't you feel well? I don't know. And I got a COVID test on Saturday. I got a second one yesterday that I'm waiting for the results. I don't know what's happening. Well, let's just, you know, that I, when I got sick and I thought it was COVID, I got COVID tested twice. It was herpes. So I was just going to say, I, I'm telling you, I was like, I think it's an STD. And I got an STD panel yesterday, but I'm like, wait a minute. Wait. Okay. What did you feel? I'm telling you all day yesterday I was on a spiral. Well, I felt very sick, like ill, like I had a cold and shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, did you have any, you didn't see the physical herpes? Not for a few days. Fucking fuck. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. I, okay. All right. Like, did you get chills and a little bit achy? Yeah. Oh God. Okay, guys, this is the first, we have a a live herpes um, diagnosis on air. (laughs) Wait, I'm not even kidding you for the past. Like, this has been like six days now. And I was like, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. No, but by day six, I couldn't get out of bed. 
but it did feel like when I got hit with herpes, it felt like a ghost entered my body. Like I was like, Ooh, that hurt. What was that? And then it was this chills that entered my body. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you. So I'm doing the panel yesterday and I'm like, how long am I going to have to wait for the results? She's like, I don't know. Maybe till next week. I'm like, we don't have till next week. Like I'm not going to sit with this STD ridden mind for another week. Like I need to know why tomorrow I'm over here thinking the worst. Like it's honestly, when I got herpes and I've talked to people who have herpes, it's kind of a, a relief because you're like, I was so worried about getting herpes. Like I was so paranoid about it. And once you get it, you're like, I'm not really worried about getting it anymore because I already got it. Yeah, but then there's like gonorrhea to clap. Somebody, I, I just talked to a friend. He was like, gonorrhea took me out. You know what? I'll pray for you. That's gonorrhea or chlamydia. I'll pray for you. I'm, oh God, I'm telling you, I was just on the phone. I was like, guys, I don't know what's happening. Like, I, I can't think of anything else that it would be besides an STD, the vid. It's not like a regular flu because it's, it's been very like up and down. Like this started in New Jersey, then I was on the plane and then this year. So like whatever I've had too, I feel like it's now glo- uh, national because it's been with me from. I don't think you can spread gonorrhea via flight with your breath. If so, United's fucked. But and if it's <laughs> if it's COVID, United's pretty fucked too. I mean, that's what they get. Honestly, the whole flying experience is a nightmare. So I'm not mad at it. But like, oh my god, Hannah! I think you're okay. You know what? I think you're fine. I just put this in your head. That what a way to start a podcast. I'm like, by the way, you have herpes. Anyway, let's continue the podcast. Keep going. Well, I no, don't think I... you have herpes. I think you you would not be okay to do this podcast. I was literally bedridden. I lost I'm ten like, pounds. Who says I'm okay brag. to do the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, I like, couldn't I'm... lift my head. I couldn't lift my head. I was so sick. Well, I'm, here's the thing too. I feel like I'm a warrior, and I also feel like my okay, my relationship with sickness is very um, disturbed because when you're a former heroin addict, you're so used to like withdrawal. So that yeah, my perception of sickness is off. So I don't, I can't always tell. Cause I'm like me, I used to, it's weird. Oh, because heroin withdrawals were so bad. So brutal. So to me, I'm like, sometimes when, my, when I'm like regular sick, I'm like, well, this is nothing. Mm. Like I've like done CrossFit when I have the flu. Yeah. Cause you're mentally ill. So you can get over any illness. A hundred percent. And I'm like, listen, I'd rather have a better body than an, over anything. So like, of course I'm going to still go to CrossFit, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Wait, um, so it was so funny. This girl on Instagram, she asked me to talk about my breakup on the podcast, but then she went on and was like, you have to have Jeff Epstein on the podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, I like kept meaning to ask you to do it, but she told me she was a big fan of you. So shout out to this girl, Samantha, but I've been wanting to have you on the podcast because I went to rehab and I thought of you. How many times? I just went two months ago. Oh my God, congrats. Thank you. Wait, so are you sobs now? I'm sober, yep. Oh, so you are, but I'm not. You're not sober? I'm not sober, no. I thought you were. I was. You? Oh, you thought we had that in common now. No, we don't, I don't. I thought we had this sober thing going and now you're not sober. So get no. off my podcast. Okay, this podcast is over actually. Samantha, you fucked up. <laughs> Wait, when did you stop being sober? Um, like in the beginning of this year, it wasn't like a relapse type of situation. It was like, I was talking with my therapist for a while. Sometimes it's a little different because I was a heroin addict and I discussed what my relationship was with drinking and all this and yada, yada, yada. 
And I determined and so did my family, like I was never even a big drinker. It was never even a thing. And so, yeah, I decided to reintroduce it in a safe way. And like, I'm still not like a big drinker. It's just like not my experience. Um, during the week, I like live my life. I do CrossFit, whatever. And then like have some drinks on the weekends. It's just not my experience. Uh, I think that I was just like an out of control heroin addict from like the age of 17. I never had the chance to grow up and was just so caught up in like so many legal issues. And then it was good for me to take a second and like be sober. And also just like my intent was always not to use heroin. And it's weird because I actually stopped doing heroin before I got fully sober. And then when I got fully sober, even my family was like, huh, this is like a weird choice. They're like, but you're already doing okay. And I was like, huh, it is a weird choice. I don't know. This is, huh, huh. And then like, I, I don't know. It's, it's all very weird. I'm, but I'm still just like, I don't want to like, like everyone do you, do you, I, am, I like, I don't want to. I'm on drizzly right now. I'm like, okay, well, if you're doing it, then. <laughs> you're like, cool. So I can't drink, but I can totally do heroin. Cause like that was my <laughs> drug of choice. So it's like, I, everyone's different. I still believe in AA. I think everyone at different methods of recovery work for different people. I don't, who knows what works for me tomorrow. It's something different. My work, it's still very day by, I still practice the same principles of like day by day. So how long were you completely sober for? Three years. Three years. Well, that's the thing is um, I'm completely sober right now, but I did say I could see myself in a few years being like, oh, I'll do mushrooms once in a while or, oh, I'll smoke weed once in a while. But as of right now, those are not my, I can't drink because my problem with drinking is once I have one or two, I can't really stop. My problem is binge drinking. So no, and I, because so, I was in AA and I always heard that. And I think that was never my experience. And I was, I was like, uh-huh. But like, once I have heroin, I'm like, I can never stop. But then you talk to people and like, like, well, most people that do heroin, like can never stop. Like, it was always this very confusing thing. I think there was a lot of questioning in my mind about a lot of things, but like, it's just not my experience. Like I'll very often just have a beer. I think that what, what was instilled in me from a 12-step program was like, it's my mind that's a problem. And so I have this alcoholism disease, meaning I don't have self-control over kind of anything. Um, and then I had taken a second to be like, wait a minute, I actually have a lot of self-control. I feel like I'm a very healthy, balanced individual. And for me, it was like, maybe, yeah, I, what, I did have a problem with that drug. Or, and maybe at the time too, I was kind of just getting out of control in general because I think a lot of it stemmed from like that drug and the situation. But like, yeah, so I, I, I reintroduced drinking. I'm like, okay. And like, I drink, I feel like a very normal person. And I've, in the past few months, I've probably done shrooms three times. This is in the past like five months. So again, not like an addictive thing. It's like, oh, it's been there. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I was in Palm Springs. I was like, I'll do shrooms. Um, and I'll take like, CBD, THG gummies sometimes before I sleep. And like, that's what it is. Like, that's just how I, I feel like a lot of it too is because I like to treat my body and be really healthy. I'm like, I wouldn't want to take any sort of pill or anything like that. I think that like, even in sobriety, NAA, AA, there was like people, I felt like almost, almost sometimes having uh, even more unhealthy things in their lifestyle than like, I, I don't know. I'm so much like, I treat my body well. I, I maybe part of it's because I'm vain. Most of it's because I'm vain. Me Who too. am I kidding? And like, yeah, it's just, it's different. But I, I feel sometimes like, this can sound terrible. Sometimes I feel bad though. I feel bad that like when your drug of choice is drinking, cause that's the most like frequent, normal reoccurring thing. You know well, I mean? in rehab, I was talking to someone who is a sex addict and he was like, you're so lucky you're an alcoholic because you can just stop drinking. With sex, you can't really stop having sex. Like you, you have to monitor it. it and be careful of your behavior which I get but I'm like 
I do think alcohol is the worst to be addicted to, not to pity me, but in a sense of like, that's the most social drink. Yeah. And I think too, I feel like what's interesting is that like throughout sobriety, I actually am somebody, I feel like I'm a pretty socially confident person. So I was okay. Like going out and doing things. I, I sometimes just prefer not to just cause I don't really like people and I don't like going out, but like I was somebody that could be in those situations, but I do get it as far as like, it's something that like, yeah, you're like, oh, you go somewhere and like friends like, oh, you want to go for drinks or you're in a situation, you're wine, whatever. Like, it's just someone that's always there. It's like, I'm not going somewhere and heroin's not always there. You know what I mean? Like, it's so different. I'm like, if it was, that'd be insane. I'm actually like, we should kind of implement that practice. But um, no, it's it's different. Like, it's like, I feel like the worst drug to, addic- to be addicted to is heroin. But I get what you mean when you say the worst thing is alcohol in the sense of like societal concepts of just, you know, like going about your life daily. Sex, dude, but it's interesting you say the sex thing because I always thought about that as an example. I think when I was like questioning things, I'm like, wait a minute, in sex addiction, like they don't completely abstain, they moderate. And so I'm like, but why are they saying that we can't moderate other things? Or like there was just lots of hypocrisy in the like the fundamentals of the program and things like that. And I thought it too, where I was like, they say, oh, if you're an A, like you have an alcoholic mind, you get addicted to everything. But I'm like, but then why are like some, there were some people I knew in AA that also went to SLA for sex and GA for gambling and DA for debt. But I'm like, why can I handle those things? Or like, I always said this as an example, I'm like, I'm somebody that like, I'll randomly have a cigarette like four or five times a year, but like, that's it. But then there's all these other people in AA, like, oh my God, if I pick up a cigarette, then I'll start smoking again or blah, blah, blah. And, and they just like have no self-control at all. And I'm just like, that's not my experience. Like, I think that there's sometimes a level of self-control and, and whether that correlates to the disease and I'm putting that in quotes of addiction or or alcoholism like I don't know but some people just truly have no self-control and that's okay and maybe like I I don't know yeah yeah with me too with my drinking because I went to rehab because I had a very bad incident Mm -hmm. so I had to go for trauma and take care of it but my dad when I was talking to him I told him I was going to be completely sober my dad said you know like you're not in there for alcohol specifically. Like it wasn't like you've been drinking so much, just something bad happened when I was drinking. And I realized that for me, it's like, it's not necessarily that I drink every day or I get blackout every time. It's just that if I'm not mentally, like I have depression and I have anxiety. So if a lot of things are going wrong in my life, I'll turn to alcohol to, because I can't control it. So I'll just drink to make myself feel better. And that Wait, causes hold on one problems. second. Hold on one second. Kyle, I'm on a podcast. Stop fucking calling me. I'm going to murder you. I'm doing somebody's podcast. I'll call you after. Bye. Bye. I'm telling you, sorry, this kid, every single time I'm doing it for somebody's podcast, he fucking calls. Okay. Shut ahead. up, Kyle. No, but basically for me, it's uh, I'll abuse alcohol if I'm having problems in my life and that creates more problems. So, and I can't really see the mental spiral when it's happening. So it's easier for me to not drink because then I have a clear head and I'm aware of what's going on. Okay, right. No, we love to be self-aware of a spiral. Yeah, and that I was not, that I was not. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll often be wake up and I'm like, I'm spiraling. I think like the, even the tag, <laughs> the tagline of my podcast, like Manic with Jeff, Jeff Epstein, it says, let's spiral. I'm like, oh my guys, I feel it. I'll wake up one day and I'm like, it's happening. Oh, I'm in the store picking shit. Like, cause I spiral over very insignificant things. Like I tried to pick out sneakers last month that became this whole like ordeal. I was sharing with my followers and like, listen, I was losing it. I was losing it. So like, it's just self-awareness, you know? 
Self-awareness, exactly. But how do you feel as a former heroin addict about all drugs being legal? I've talked about this with friends and they're like, yeah, all drugs should be legal. I'm like, you don't even have a problem. You don't even do drugs. So who are you to say all drugs should be legal? Who are these, in quotes, friends you're talking about that are saying this? Um, Were they at the methadone clinic? No, they were. They were not. They were extreme liberals. And I'm liberal, but they're, you know. Like, so they were at Rikers. You were visiting the jail. Um, (laughs) No, I don't think all drugs should be legal. It sounds nuts. No, I think that certain drugs should be legal. I think shrooms should be legal. I've just said this. I said shrooms should be legal and they should be sold at Trader Joe's. Maybe Erewhon as well. I agree. I actually, I love that avenue for Trader Joe's, um, financially speaking. And yeah, I think shrooms, weed, Everyone does coke, including my family, but like, I don't think coke should be legal necessarily. I just don't like coke. It's just not my thing. I don't get it. I'm always telling people like, why do you like coke? I've shot coke. It's okay shooting it, but like, ugh. <laughs> I just don't have the <laughs> like, money for it. And I'm also so paranoid about fentanyl. I'm like, I'd be like, ah. I wish when I was doing heroin, people were lazy with fentanyl. It's so good. So unfair. Jesus Christ. How many times have you gone to rehab? Four. Like I never got sober from rehab ever really I just had to I just had to like want it and then finally I was just like oh I don't want to do this and like anytime too it first of all most of the time I left like the first time I went to rehab after 13 days my parents picked me up because the insurance cut out my dad's like oh I'm paying for this shit pick up rehab the next day they gave me coke I was like okay but your parents <laughs> gave you cocaine yeah fuck, I shouldn't have said it's okay whatever yeah yeah I remember I left and they were like just I'm not gonna say more about that but yeah yeah, yeah. um and then the second time I went to rehab, I AMA'd after 10 days, which you knew, you probably know the phrase AMA since you've been to rehab now. Against medical advice. Uh-huh. Did you, you used to hear people saying that? You're like, what's AMA? They'd be like, I'm AMA. I don't give a fuck. And I was it's, like, no. The day, uh, there's a, it's such a thrilling day in rehab when somebody AMAs. It's, they're so, so dramatic. There's so much fucking shit going on. So which rehabs there, were you at? So the first rehab was this place called Endeavor House in Kearney, New Jersey. It's a fucking dump. The second one was this place called the Impact in Pasadena here in LA. Um, and then third and fourth times were both at Endeavor House in Kearney, New Jersey. I'm like, clearly this place isn't working. And yeah, so the, I am from the second one. And the third one, I did a full like 34 days and completed it. And then I went back for the second time and AMA after, I want to say 10 days again. Just like suitcase in hand, you know, and like somebody's aiming at the front and they're trying to talk you out of it. And then they leave with the suitcase and they like nowhere to go, no phone, no money. And then like, Sometimes a few hours later, they come back and check back in. It's so embarrassing. Uh-huh. Well, I went to uh, Sierra Tucson. Okay, money bags. Okay, sugar tits McMuffin. Who's paying for this shit? <laughs> like, what? Obviously, my mom and dad. Uh, there goes my wedding fund. Went right oh, to Mama, Sierra Tucson. Mama, Papa Dickinson's have got our money bags. They're not money bags, but... They care about their daughter. They care about their... I had a really bad act. I don't know if you know this, but I was, like, raped in the back of an Uber. You did, I knew this. I forget how. I put it on my story because it's happening a lot. And it's like very scary that Uber's running basically a sex trafficking ring through their company. But yeah, so it was like a very traumatic event. And I think my parents are just like super worried. So love that for them. Well, I mean, for you, I don't love <laughs> that they're worried. I don't know if they're worried. I love the caringness for them. I love the care for you. Thanks. Yeah. No, I think like if I had just been like, I'm drinking too much. I want to go to rehab. I would not have gone to 
Sierra Tucson are like a expensive facility, but because of the circumstances, they were like, well, we don't want to re-traumatize this person. Wow. No, my parents were always like, no, absolutely not. Like you, if you can find your insurance, take these dumps, sure. I'm no. I was like, okay. But also get it. I was like a heroin addict ravaging their lives. So I wouldn't really have funded that either. And I kept saying, I was like, this isn't gonna work. I don't even want this shit anyways. (laughs) Yeah. But you're right. You do have to get sober when you're ready. My parents have always, or my mom has always been like, you drink too much, you drink too much. And I had never really thought that. And then when this happened, I was like, okay, I never want to drink again because I was very drunk. And this happened during that time. So it's like, I associate alcohol with the trauma. So for me, it's like, I never want to drink again. So I was ready to go, but you're right. You can't just go. It's not like you go to rehab and it's going to fix you. You have to be ready. Yeah, I always said that. I was like, this isn't going to do anything. I don't want to, like, I just wanted to use. Like, I, and even like, I'd had these tiny little spurts, like, because I would always just kick on my own. People were like, what do you mean? Like, to me, I actually, I have a way, I have the best fucking kick method. If anyone needs to kick opiates, hit me up. I can help you get it, get through it so comfortably, way more comfortable than I'll fucking do in rehab for you. Put you on Suboxone, you have to kick that, whatever. Um, so I was always like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'll kick on my own, but then I would do that, but I still always like wanted to use. And then it wasn't until the very end where I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I was facing so much prison time. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, for whatever reason, that obsession lift, lift, lifted. And they talk about the obsession lifting in AA and things like that. Um, I think it was then that that kind of obsession had started to lift. But like when people ask me, like, if you were to say, how do I get sober? I would say, go to a meeting. Like, I think that, and you probably hear rehab too, when they're like, it's really about the work you do after. And it is. So it's like, to me, rehab, maybe sometimes is good. I think it's important for people that need a pause or- A reset. A reset or need to learn about things. But like, yeah, as far as getting sober, it's like, you have to be willing and ready. And then I would say, go to a meeting if you want to like get sober. Um, Like, or or if you want to especially be completely sober or whatever. But yeah, everyone's experience is different. In rehab, did you have any weird roommates? um plenty I remember one time I was actually somebody somehow this just got brought up because I think I shared a song on my story remember the band crazy town was a song butterfly butterfly it's like come come no 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 no. it's like come my lady come come my lady you're my butterfly sugar baby yes 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 and when I was at impact in Pasadena the guy Seth Binzer was like my sweet mate um and I remember You'll see him. I'll never forget because I remember I saw on TMZ like two days before that he like overdoses in a coma and then I show up at rehab two days later and he was like my sweet mate and I was like what the fuck. Um, so it was him but no I've had roommates like that would like scream you know crazy shit. I was just like shut the fuck up. I Mostly pretty like sane though. Did you have a crazy did you have a roommate or did you have your own room? I had roommates. Uh, I, I thought you were like I had a private room. In order to get your own room you had to pay twice the amount. So it was double tuition to get your own room, which I thought was insane. Yeah. So how many, did you have one roommate or two? I had three roommates because my first roommate left because her time was done. Okay. And my second roommate had a seizure in the middle of her sleep and it freaked me the fuck out. Okay. Uh And then my third roommate was cool. That happens in the rehabs too. A lot of seizures. There's always seizures. This woman claimed to be coming in for anxiety. Let me tell you. It was because she's addicted to benzos that's why and then they always say oh it's anxiety i'm like but you're compounding because you're taking so many benzos it's always the ones that come in there for benzos that have the seizures because it's so dangerous to kick she, that no she was in there for alcohol i was just gonna say that or alcohol it, so benzos and alcohol are the only two 
detoxes you can die from heroin they would say you can you feel like you're gonna die but you actually can't die from heroin withdrawal but yeah benzos and alcohol they would come in it would be fucking brutal you see them getting librium out to try to like balance out a fucking mess well it was funny because the night she had not funny but it was scary the night she had a seizure she was like oh my blood pressure is so bad so if you see me shaking over there and i was like oh my god she's like i'm kidding i'm kidding and then that night she had a seizure, <laughs> and i'm like oh my fucking god i'm having a panic attack because it wakes me up and i'm like I'm thinking there's an earthquake. I'm like, are there earthquakes in Arizona? And then I'm realizing that she's seizing. And I and I felt bad to switch rooms. But I was like, look, I just went through a traumatic event. I can't be waking up in the middle of the night to this shit. You're like, first of all, do you know how hard it is to fall asleep in rehab? So like, fuck you for waking me up. And then second I'm all, on 100 milligrams of trazodone and your uh, ass woke me up. Every, they drug out trazodone. It's the worst too. Yeah, there would always be seizures. There's this one kid too, actually. So like, there's like this super severe alcoholics that go in there. And like, you know how they can't even have hand sanitizer and stuff like that because the alcoholics will, whatever, but. Exactly, which was crazy because of during COVID, mm-hmm. we couldn't have hand sanitizer. Yeah. Anyway, continue. No, so, but this one kid though, that I feel like a few re- rehabs, I've missed this little hot tip. We realized there was like hand wipes and he was like, I remember one time he was like, I bet you I could like go squeeze in the mouth and like put it in my mouth and like, you know, get high or whatever. And I was like, okay. And then I remember in the middle of the night, he like taps me on the shoulder He's like standing over me. He's like, dude, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, it worked. And I could tell he was like drunk. And I'm like, why the fuck would you wake me up telling me these fucking hand sanitizer wipes got you drunk? Like, go to sleep. I'm like, wonderful. You just relapsed in your eighth day here on hand sanitizer wipes. I'm like, that's wonderful. I'm like, I can barely sleep. I'm kicking heroin. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, please stop. No, I'm kicking heroin. It makes you very irritable and miserable. I remember when I would be in jail, I would literally just be on like the top bunk. And I would just like lay down. I would just like lean over and just like, and just like throw up on the ground. And it would be like based on like not even throw up because like it would only come to the end. You're almost just kind of like gagging up. And I would just like watch it go on the ground. And my, the person below me would be like, bro. And I'm like, I, this is what's happening. Like, this is, deal with it. I can't even, don't speak to me. When you do heroin, do you lose weight? Is that what it is? You lose weight on heroin and then you gain it when you get off? No, people always, I don't know why this is such like a weird interpretation. So like, first of all, Heroin bloats you. Here, I'll tell you one thing. Heroin makes me so fucking hungry. Like I would eat, I would do it and eat the whole kitchen. It makes you so constipated. You literally don't shit for like a week. So like there's that. But what happens then eventually is that like heroin addicts spend all of their money on drugs, meaning like nothing for food. And I would do the exact same thing. So I think that's kind of where the weight loss comes in. Cause you're literally like, you can't afford, you just spend all your money on drugs instead of food. But other than that, like, no, if you look at pictures, like I feel like I actually look very puffy on heroin you're very puffy and it makes your face very puffy too so like it's so funny people would i can tell they're just so fucking stupid they would like see a picture of me and i'm like oh my god you're right your face was so like gaunt and i'm like actually no it wasn't it was actually super puffy so you just totally pulled that out of your ass because that's, that's what you think that's what's supposed to happen yeah when i went to rehab i was like oh i hope i don't gain weight my friend was like that's the craziest thing to say <laughs> my friend goes everyone gains weight in rehab don't worry about it i lost 10 pounds in rehab because well, one, I wasn't drinking, but two, it was 116 degrees in Arizona and they were serving Indian food at 4 p.m. Dinner was at 4.30. I was like, who's eating this? I, so when I go to, A, when you're detoxing, you actually lose a ton of weight because you have, you cannot eat, can't keep anything down. So like, I would always skin your because of that. Or like, I, because I'm vain, I would just be, I'd be like, oh, the hard boiled egg, like egg. I would just be like making my healthy meals. And then I'd always work out and be at super fit and like healthy. So I can't relate to that story. 
but I would see people and I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm already fucking livid that I'm in here. I'm like, do you think I'm going to be here and get less attractive? It's not happening. It's absolutely not. That's happening. the thing. I was like, if I just went through this traumatic event and I have to get sober and it's just kind of known that I went to rehab, I have to get fucking hot because I can't come out of rehab. People already look at you like a loser if you go to rehab not a loser. I don't want to say I looked at other people who went and were losers, but I feel like there is a stigma against people who go to rehab. And uh, I was like, I have to come out hot. That's the only, that's the only solution to this. Yeah, no, I, (laughs) no, I I feel like I'm Bane. And yeah, I go in there and I'm like, I'm going to look great coming out of here. Cause no. And like every day I was like, if I saw myself getting like most of like my, um, behavioral problems in rehab as far as like if I were to have conflict with like the staff and stuff were only because of aesthetic things like they wouldn't let like let me have my blow dryer or something like that or like um wouldn't oh they wouldn't let me wear these like like uh, I cut off my t-shirts because I was like work out you can see your muscle a little better and they're like you can't wear that's not a whole shirt I was like yes I can it's a whole shirt or like I would take my shirt like it was things like that or like I would always sneak away to go tanning outside and I would always get in trouble for that. I would, I snuck the yoga mats out for like the yoga center and the impact and Pasadena ones and like snuck out outside the fence to like so nobody could see me. And then somebody found me and was like, he left rehab. And I was like, I actually didn't. I just climbed over so I could tan there. It was always about like something related to my aesthetic. And I was like, guys, I'm in here. I'm so fucking miserable. I just want to be good looking. My bet. I just want to be good looking. Please let me have that. Can I just look in the mirror and be happy? Can you give me that much? Yeah, and then I would see, oh, this could sound terrible, but I would see people in there getting sober and whatnot. And like every day I could tell there's like ballooning and like not looking good. Their face all puffy, they're all trazodone out. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that for me. Trazacoma, baby. They were like 50 or 100 for your trazodone. I was like, I'm an alcoholic, obviously 100. It made my hands and feet tingle, but without it, I couldn't sleep. Uh, so what you do, because otherwise it's like, oh, well, do you want Seroquel instead? You say, no, can I please have Visteral? That's who you ask for, and then because otherwise, I don't really offer it for you and say this. Oh, I, I have Visteral. I, I got oh, okay, that's good. the prescription I took when I left because I didn't take Trazodone because I was like, I don't want to be, it makes me hungry. So I was like, yeah. I don't want to come back and have a bunch of Trazodone and be eating at night. But I took a bunch of Visteral. I like Visteral. Me too. I was going to say, because basically what it is is actually like Benadryl. Um, I, I take Benadryl to sleep sometimes. Um, but I remember, yeah, usually towards the end when you're leaving, if anything, they'll give you like a Visteral prescription. But in the beginning, but yeah, I'll just have Visteral. And no Seroquel, that actually makes me get really bad restless legs and then no Trazodone. I don't want to say I miss rehab because I definitely don't, but it is interesting. It does feel like a different world. Time is frozen when you're in rehab. It's like camp, but even more intense. It's camp with pills and tattoos. That's what I say. And like emotional trauma being spilled out versus camp. You're just like having fun swimming in a pool. Here you guys are like, like you'll leave a group and you're just like, what the fuck? Like that was super heavy. And then you're like, what? Supposed to watch TV with them right after? You're like, oh, what DVD should we get? Pirates of the Caribbean or Forrest Yeah, Scott? We would be like, what? it would be like some award show on that we would like all be watching at the end. I'm like, guys, like look at some TV. And I'm just like, not the fucking time. Okay. <laughs> we weren't allowed to watch cable. We, we had like, it was like, it, it depends on different rehabs. Um, it was like once you're in a certain part of it, then like at the end of the night for an hour, like things like that. So then now do you use anything that you've learned from rehab? I had to go back and forth and think like, do I have an addictive personality or not? I'm like, actually, to be honest with you, I think I do, but I still think there's maybe a level of self-control and balance that I have. But I think that no matter what, and I've seen that example too, where it's like, even if they don't, People pretty much, no matter what, always get addicted here. It's just so physically addicting and it's so unbelievably good. Um, But like, 
there's I've never seen heroin like used appropriate like alcohol I've seen, like oh people drink normally like there's no appropriate using of heroin like everyone just fucking balls to the wall so there's that and then yeah I know many heroin acts after like like I, even a good friend of mine like that didn't get it she's like oh like I was just doing it because heroin was so good but, like normal person um so I think there's people that end up that are kind of like normies I put in quotes that end up doing heroin and because like, it's so good and I think there's people that maybe are or have addictive personalities that end up doing it and then kind of find some balance in their life. I don't know. But um, no, I don't think I took anything ever from the rehabs. I take a lot of things from AA. I still practice a lot of those principles. I think it's a very karmic-based program, and that's kind of how, the, how I like to live my life. Um, and I still, like, ha- believe in higher power and pray every night and things like that. Like, I'll, I'll, and it's kind of about being a good person. No, I, I agree with that. Like, um, I, w- I just went to L.A., and I missed my first flight because I forgot my ID. And then I forgot my laptop at the airport, my computer laptop at the airport through security. And I was about to have a breakdown because I was just like, you know, I've been sober. I've been trying to get my shit together. And this shit is like still happening. And so I called my sponsor and I was just like, I'm so frustrated. Like, I might as well be hungover. I just did all this stupid shit. And she was like, yeah, but if you were hungover, how much more anxious would you feel? You know, you would feel a lot worse about it. And at the end of the day, it's progress, not perfection. So even though this, all this shit happened, at least you're not, at least you didn't do something bad last night. Going to meetings definitely helps because it, it helped. Uh, even though my sponsor was like, don't talk about this on your, oh, I've gotten in trouble for talking about, I, I'm only even saying the words AA now because I'm not in it. Otherwise I'd be like, Oh, it's all set program. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I should say I called a friend and yeah, yeah, but it's just a good mindset to be in a 12 step program to have principles. It's kind of like, it's not a religion. Like you're supposed to have a higher power. It's not a religion, but it does have, it's a spiritual guide. It's kind of like Kabbalah. I look at it like there's actually a lot of similarities in the AA and Kabbalah. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. What I've said, and I talk my old sponsors, actually like one of my best friends, and I tell them, I'm like, no, I take a lot of those practices with me. And like, it doesn't mean I just leave it. And like, I'm still, a lot of my best friends are still people that are in AA. Like that hasn't changed. It's still, and I think, I think sometimes they scare you away thinking like, oh my God, Jewison, you're going to stop like showing up and like being a service and things like that. And I still take that too. And I think that's something that my family realized, especially once, you know, I told them I drinking again too. I'm like, still like try to always be of service to people and, and show up and, and help and like be there for people and honor my commitments and do good things and not make bad choices and not steal and you know all of those things that like I still took from it so it's like yeah I I just happen to be like hey guys I'm, I'm gonna reintroduce drinking and if I want to take shrooms here and there or whatever like that that's just what it is but like it doesn't mean that I'm gonna throw away being a good person and I think maybe also it's it's different because like I was such too it's such too extreme I think sometimes when somebody's like an alcoholic like of course they can end up doing really shitty things and then it gets over and become, you know, a good person, whatever. I think for me, it's like, I was just so with heroin, you become so criminal. I was such a criminal and just doing terrible things. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want that. I want that. And, and I do really believe in karma. And it's like, no, I just want to continue to make good choices and do good things and treat myself well. And so that's really a lot of what it comes down to. Like I was doing terrible things every Can day. Can I ask what's the worst thing you did or what's an example of something bad you did? I mean, I've talked about all of it. I mean, uh, I'd say a lot of the biggest ones, I was committing a ton of burglaries. That's like two of my felonies are burglaries. Um, so lots of that and theft and stuff like that. And then like, 
maybe this all right so like this wasn't criminal but one time not one time but like many times my friend she had like a six-month-old son and he would come with us to like newark to cop dope and things like that and then one time we drove into new york city to get ketamine it's in the middle of the night i'm driving i'm driving her car stick shift in the pouring rain through the lincoln tunnel while we're doing bumps of k she's literally feeding me bumps of k while i'm driving her car and this six months old in the backseat. So like things like that. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe I ever did that. It's so insane to me. Um, Where is she like, now? Where's her son now? Oh, that was a whole different story. Oh my God, she's a mess. She actually was just in jail again. Then she just got out of jail and got arrested three times right after. She Her original arrest was because she got child endangerment because she fell over. She was walking through a Wawa and was holding her son in like a car seat thing and fell over and knocked the aisle over. It was like all this crazy shit. It was nuts. But yeah, again, I was like caught up in heroin addiction. So you're kind of just doing all this crazy shit. And then like now I'm like, oh my God, like that's awful. That's awful. And then just the whole criminal side of like all the people and things that I stole from. Yeah. And how did you get addicted to heroin? Were you, did you get hurt? No, I know that's a lot of people's story because like they like got pink and stuff. No, the first opiate I ever tried was heroin. So like I had a party at my house when I was 17 because I was always allowed to have parties there. And somebody poured out like we were in my bathroom they poured out like a a line of something because in in like on the east coast it's like you know china white and i think i just thought it was coke like i was just like yeah i'll snort it or like i I don't know what i thought it was i I definitely didn't think it was heroin i'll tell you that you're 17 right so you're like fuck it yeah and i'm like kind of drunk i'm at my party and i'm like yeah of course and then i did it and i still don't know and then i remember i had like the best night and then i woke up the next day and i was like what was that and he was like heroin and i was like And then I think the norm, a normal person's response would be like, or no, I don't know. I think I was just like, holy shit, that's so good. And then when you, I think, I, I don't blame this, but like, I still feel like I was so uneducated. I didn't know about like withdrawal or anything like that. I think I just always heard about heroin being bad, but I didn't know why. And then I did it not knowing what it was and then felt it was like, wait, why do people say this is so bad? Like, this is amazing. And what's such a grab too is that it's so cheap. So like, I remember that bag was like seven bucks, but like, it took me a quarter of that bag to be completely obliterated. You're like, oh my God, this is two dollars and 50 cents. And I'm like, just like, this is insane. And you're like, this is so delicious. So I did it. And then really, you realize you're addicted. And then people don't realize it's like, that's how it gets so expensive. Because before we know it, I'm shooting 50 bags a day. So it's like, that's how it gets so expensive. So like, yeah, but in the beginning, you're tri- I feel like you're a little tricked. I mean, with <laughs> anything, you know, even when I was drinking at 18, it's like you you're not you're 17 you're 18 years old you're not really thinking oh i'm gonna get so addicted to this or oh this is gonna cause problems to my life you're 17 years old you're like i just like this feeling yeah yeah i was just like this this again like delicious and i i was like i i think i was like why don't people wait wait why do people not do this like this doesn't make any sense to me like why i don't get why people are saying this <laughs> where is were so you bad. during the dare program where were you during the dare program Jeff? okay no people my brother said they like Jeff, we built the dare together and i'm like they didn't talk about withdrawal they just said heroin's bad and you go to jail but i'm like again i didn't i really didn't understand the physical component i'll never forget when i first started feeling withdrawal because i didn't know what it was i feel like if i ever try to warn anybody about like heroin or opiates it's explaining withdrawal and the physical part of it. It's so brutal. It's, I can't explain. Like I almost used to have, I used to always get in trouble too when I was in rehab because I'd have like no sympathy for the people that are coming are like off of like Coke or meth. I'm like, there's no fucking detox for that. Fuck all of you. And we're kicking our fucking heads off. It, it's, it's, that's why it's so hard to quit. That's why actually they call it kicking dope because your legs physically, you kick so much. You're so, it's so, un- you feel like you're getting zapped with electri- electricity. It's, un- it's unbearable. It's honestly unbearable. I could never... I always say this, like, because you hear, probably hear too, either in rehab or in the meetings of like, 
oh, I don't have another run left in me. And I'm like, I don't have another detox left in me. Like I could not, I kicked so many times and so brutal and kicking in jail and things like that. And like, I can't, I can't do it again. I really, I don't have the strength. It's, I remember even the last one, I was like, I don't have the strength. And that's like, it's like, once you start kicking, you're like, please murder me. I would always tell my mom, I was like, please fucking shoot me. Please, 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 please. I would like beg somebody to shoot me, beg. And I would scream at my mom. I was like, why the fuck? Like, what the, she's like, what do you want me to do? I was like, just fucking kill me. And I would like be mad at her that she like couldn't kill me. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even alcohol, it's like, I've, I've tried to get sober probably three or four three times before this and obviously it's not withdrawals like that like physically I can't relate but I'm so sick of trying to get sober and like being like oh I'm not drinking this time or the starting over of it is so frustrating to me so that's why I don't want to drink again because I'm like I know I'm gonna have to start over eventually so I can only imagine if there was this physical component that's like ants crawling in my skin and I want to die on a mental level I know what you mean too like I was like I never want to have a day one again and that's a, a big part of like just the mental thing. And what, that's what's interesting too, is that like when I chose to reintroduce drinking, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm back to a day one. That's not how it felt. If I were to do heroin, that that's, would feel like my day one. Um, so I think differentiating that in my head kind of made it clear to like where I was at with things. But like, yeah, you go to day one and, and the way it is too, like I have heroin withdrawal timed out so perfectly. So I know exactly how I'll feel like. So it was like third day is the worst day. So like by the time you like, like 48, 72 hours is the worst of it. Like I never want to have to go there. It's, you're waiting there and you're anticipating that and time moves so slow. So like every minute in heroin withdrawal is like three hours. It's brutal. And so I, I can't. And then it lasts so long. Like once you've been doing heroin for a really long time, it takes longer and longer to kick. So like my last detox was like literally a, like a month long, but like my body was still kind of kicking for like six months almost. Like it's so, people don't realize that it's insane how long for, for your body. And then like that deters you more because- the more years and years you spent doing it, like each detox, you know, it's going to be longer and longer. And you're like, it's going to take so long for my body to be normal. So like, yeah, literally six months to a year for my body to feel like kind of normal. And how old are you? If you don't mind. Um, Do I not ask that no, as sure. an actor? No, 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 I'm not an actor. Um, a third comedian. You're 30. Know. Yeah. I'm 30. How old are you? 29. You know, for an heroin addict, ex heroin addict, you look great. Thank you. I, so another misinterpretation of heroin, cause like not to sound cocky, but I get that often like, Oh, you like, you don't look like you did heroin. So heroin actually don't do this guys. It kind of like preserve, like it doesn't ravage your looks meth and Coke and crack and alcohol actually ravage your looks. Heroin does not. It's a very wide misconception. I guess because you're sleepy a lot, right? You're a little sleepy. So That's I also- suppose- <laughs> It, so it, that's actually not true either. When I would do heroin, I like could not, it actually makes me wired. I would, but like it, it reacts to everyone differently, I guess, but I would go to rehab and I would tell them I do heroin and they always thought I was lying. They always thought I did meth. And I was like, why would I fucking lie about telling you I did heroin? You're like wide-eyed. You're like, I'm not on fucking meth. They're like- oh, Literally, I would be bouncing off the walls towards the end. Like my parents would know I got high. Cause like, I would not stop literally like jumping around. They would hear it like all or like jumping, bouncing off the fucking walls. So no, but I, yeah, for whatever opiates actually like, and somebody said this too, even like a doctor was like, apparently they kind of like preserve your like, I don't know, but like, yeah, it doesn't ravage your looks. Sometimes what can You're happen- You're really selling though, heroin on this spot. I know, this is awful. It's awful. But like, what can happen though, is that the lifestyle that comes with it, then that can ravage you. So I think a lot of heroin addicts are probably like chain smoking cigs, which I, that was not me. I was a weird heroin addict too. Oftentimes I'd be like working out in the gym. And I also like wasn't ripping cigs or like a lot of times I'm doing heroin, they're also smoking crack too, or like- just different things. I think that I was always pretty vain throughout the whole thing. So I think it all Being comes back vain to Being vain saved your life. 
It really did. I think I was always like, okay, because I'd still be like, I'd like go into the tanning salon and be like shooting up heroin in the tanning booth, just like, uh, or like literally going to the gym, like shooting up in the gym bathroom. Or I remember one time I was on a juice cleanse and I was like bartending this party in the hills here. And I feel like they could tell that I was fucked up. But then I told them like there was all snacks. It's like, oh no, I'm on a juice cleanse. And I, they looked, I'll never forget. They looked at me like, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, things like that. So, you know, I feel like, you know, do a three day juice cleanse on heroin is like kind of my aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. You're like, that's why I look so good. I was on heroin, but I was also constantly on a juice cleanse. Yeah, I was, I was at Press Juice all the time. So like shout out to Press <laughs> Juice and like my dealer um, in Watts down or in, or in downtown. Like the two of them, the balance really kept me uh, to where I am now. Do you have a fear of going back to, or do you really look at it as a phase of your life? I feel like it would sound like I was being dishonest as if I said I didn't have a fear. Like, I think there's always like, I'm realistic in knowing that like anything can happen, but it does genuinely feel like it was just a different time. I feel like if anybody that knows me then too, like it was just such a different, I was just this like little menace criminal. And now I'm on this like normal person, like an apartment. Like it feels like a very different time in my life. It really does. It's a different lifetime, but like, I'm aware that anything can happen. Cause you, how many times did you go to jail? I think also four times. Four seems to be the magic number. Or, they say, yeah, they say three times. is the magic number, but baby, you got four and in Four, there. four, yeah. Arrested more times than that, but jail four times. What was the craziest roommate you had in jail? Um, well, oh my God. This is when like, this is like, so when you're in a county jail, sometimes they'll bring people in that are from state prison to like stay for a second if they're there for court then you, know, you can differentiate too because they're in different, um, a different color jumpsuit and things like that. So I'm bunk with him and he comes in and I'm like, oh, you're obviously just here for court. He's like, yeah, so they're just there for a few days. He had, he had like 22 years left. And I was like, oh my God, he's telling me the most insane. He was like, do you remember the, 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 like the Craigslist crimes in Somerville? Because it was like my house. I'm like, yeah, he was like, that was me. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, what were the Craigslist what were crimes? The Craig's- it was like, um, what was he doing? Like he would he would like fake go to buy things from people off Craigslist, but then go and like tie them up and like, and like rob them. Like, I don't, I don't fully remember. So it was something along those lines though. I know he would just tie them up and fake to buy things. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, he was actually cool. He actually snuck in cigarettes. So we smoked a cig in there and he snuck in snacks and you don't get commissary when you're in, in, in that, at that point yet. And so I was also like, okay, I always got along with everyone really well. That was giving me a lot of shit. So it was that or like, Oh, I'm looking this up. Oh wait, no, there are too many. I was going to say there's probably so many Craigslist something something. Yeah, never mind. But you're like, he was cool to me. They were all really, I listen, I had a fine experience with everyone. For the first few days, you like quarantine and hear your TV test back. And then you get moved to Gen Pop. And so when you get moved to Gen Pop, there's different like pods because there's different kind of levels of security. So I was always in just like the minimum. So when you're in there, you're like almost like a concave little alcove on the cell block. And then there's, I think, three bunk beds in there, so six of you. So it feels very kind of camp-like in that sense. So you pick whatever bed first or whatever's available, but then, like, as you spend more time, more days in the pod, then you become friendly with people. So you're like, oh, let's move. You come into mine. You come into mine, like, as with, you, with your friends. And so then I'd, like, move into a different alcove. And then we would be, like, staying up and we're all, like, giggling, like, Hee-hee. and then people were yelling, like, shut the fuck up. And then the guard's like, shut the fuck up. And like, Hee-hee. you're, like, giggling like it's a sleepover. And then... um. So we got along just fine. Jesus. Yeah. It sounds like you had a better experience in prison than your rehab. Okay, jail, not prison, but no. Jail, sorry. No, it's okay. No, it was like that. Or like sometimes, like one of the nights we were like, you know, people like make ferment alcohol in jail. No. Yeah, you like ferment. I mean, I I guess I've heard that. It's like 
toilet line? Uh, they call it toilet. You actually don't do it in a toilet. You can put like a different, yeah, but you can do it in different things. And so the one night we're like, we're going to get drunk. And the drunk, some kid like fell down the cell block stairs and they're like these metal, it was so crazy. Um, Did you make it in a toilet? No, and I didn't make it. I was not doing any of that. He this it took somebody like months to ferment this, and he did it in something. He had some sort of like bucket or something. I think what it was is like I remember there was this um, utility closet in our cell block, which actually because like the water grossed me out so much, and it grossed me out to drink water from like the sink there. So I'd actually always go to the utility closet where a hose was, and I would always drink water out of that. Um, and I think he used a bucket from there, and that's how I mean, we innovative. Yeah, and I think that's how we hid it. I think it was hidden in the utility closet, and that's how when we, when they did bunk checks, they didn't see it, if I remember correctly. You know what would be a good brand of wine? It's prison wine. Oh, my God. I mean, it gets you drunk. Yeah, and if it's just a high level, of, it's just a high alcohol content wine. Yeah, and, like, I don't know if you call it wine, but I guess that's, like, the best. Well, you wouldn't actually, like, make it in jail, but if you, it was just, like, a fun brand. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you just call it that, but it's just the wine that gets you wasted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what, what else are we going to do? Okay. I do this thing called fetish of the week where I'll tell you a fetish and then you have to guess what it is. Okay. Okay. So this is called cremes dystophilia. C H R E M A S T I S T O P H I L I A. Okay. I can't Google it. No. Okay, that's cheating. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why this. This is obviously for some reason. Like it's something like having a cinnabon on your vagina. I don't know. Like, I don't, <laughs> why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because um, it's nasty. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. That was that was out of control. Okay, so wait. Say it. Say it one more time. Cremastisophilia. Is it like if you wanted like a pencil in your vagina? Like, I don't know. What, may I ask like where you get the pencil? Like, I don't know, like a lead pencil? I don't know, I don't know. Like, this is, it, I think because these things are so random, like it could be anything. No, it's fine. No one ever gets them right. Um, this fetishist gets off from being forced to pay for sexual services. So it's like the opposite of prostitution. Well, you're not a prostitute. You like to pay for it. How do I find somebody with this fetish? Exactly. I'm this currently is... in the market to find actually sugardaddy.com. Is that a thing? No, what's the for... one called? No, I think sugardaddy.com, but I think it's only for girls. It's a real bummer. No, there are guys who do it for guys. I gotta look. You know what somebody said too recently, too recently? I was like, I'm totally not above selling feet pics, but then like they send me this foot fetish thing, but it's only girls. I'm like, guys, send it to me. I'll send pictures on my feet all day. Wouldn't you totally Yeah, but that? guys will ask me for foot pics. They're like, how much do you charge? I'll pay anything for a foot pick. And I'll be like, a hundred bucks. And they're like, are you kidding me for your feet? And I'm like, okay, well then don't fucking ask. It's all these poor guys who are like, I can't afford that. And I'm like, well then why ask? You asked for the price. I fucking gave it to you. And now you're yelling at me? You asked. Yeah, they're like they want, 10 they bucks. They want me to send that foot pick for five bucks. I'm like, I'm not that desperate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen, if you and as much me, as I do need five bucks, it's more of a, it's more of a pride thing. Pride thing. You know, I'm when you're like, selling a piece of your a photo of your body for five bucks, it's like how much do you value yourself. I wish that this happened during the heroin days because I would have gladly made five bucks. I <laughs> Only two dollars away from a bag. So foot picks. Okay. So basically, the whole point of this podcast is like, I'm learning a new business endeavor. 
of finding people with this fetish. Yeah. Someone who likes to pay. I guess it's just a rich guy who enjoys paying for sex. I wonder why you would enjoy paying for sex. I guess because you can. Maybe you get off. I don't know. I get off on online shopping. So maybe that's what guys get off on paying for sex. You know, if I buy something online, I get really excited. So maybe they're like, it's that way, but for women. Yeah, one time I bought this like electronic speedboat off of Amazon to go use my pool and that made me pretty happy. How much was it? Like 50 bucks. But it was a small one? Yeah, it was a remote control speedboat. I thought you meant like you bought a speedboat off Amazon. I'm like, wow, they're really selling anything these days. Yeah, I'm like, first of all, do you think that I do, I, do I look like I'm financially set to be a boat owner? I mean, I don't know. You have some pretty nice cabinets behind you. Thank you. Just know that like- You have a dishwasher? Is... No, I don't. Do you? Neither do I. No. Listen, I have a half you're... of a fridge. Okay. So do I. I thought I was going to say, like, look at, see my fridge in the corner. Wait, there, like there. I have the same thing. That's my look, little- Yep. Yep. Same. See, we both have the same, you know what they call these? Efficiencies. Kitchenettes. Yeah, don't be upset that my efficiency just has nicer cabinets. It's like, I can't help it, the it- decors. We both went to rehab. We're not fully, we're not full fridge people yet. And then also I see that smiley face thing behind you. That painting, did you paint it in rehab? No, I bought those before oh. I went to rehab. <laughs> okay, my, 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 bought my. those when I was drinking. So clearly I needed to go to rehab. <laughs> they say NYLA. Okay, I see now. Sorry. Okay, okay. I'm by Coastal. Wait, are uh, you? Not really. No. You're like, yeah, I go uh, to rehab in Arizona. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be going once a year for the rest of my <laughs> life. So I'm technically by Coastal. Yeah. Um, and the last question I asked, what is one secret you don't want your mom to know? maybe that I've been super slutty recently. Yeah, clearly. Cause you might have gonorrhea or chlamydia or herpes. Let me know which one you have. I'm so curious now. You know, as I said, I touch my head and remind myself I'm feeling warm. I think you're okay. I think you know if you had herpes, I gotta be honest, you would know. And you said like super sick for more for how long? Well, the guy who gave it to me, I was seeing and he kept lying to me and lying and lying and lying. So I didn't get the medication for herpes so i got sicker and sicker and sicker so i was sick for two weeks i was in bed for two weeks okay so m- maybe again because i'm not getting a proper diagnosis besides dr hannah dickinson here like i <laughs> i'm over here laying in bed missing my workout like missing life because i might have herpes honestly herpes is not that big of a deal i'm gonna say right they, here wait how do they test you for herpes though did, did you do a blood test yeah oh, are they gonna check for that too that's what they do in the blood test. All right. I'm going to Google shit after this. Wish me luck on my spiral. Yeah. Good luck on your spiral. Would you like to plug your Instagram, Twitter? Sure. It's both. Both are just at it's Jeff Epstein. Okay. And good luck. Oh God. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah Dickinson. 